folks, welcome to the Nobleman Podcast. This is episode number 54. We are in the midst of our April series on April wisdom. You remember we start the month of April always, April 1st, April Fool's Day, and I said to the team, let's not talk about April foolishness, let's talk about April wisdom. So that's how we arrived at this point. I want to want to read you a verse here. Uh, in Ephesians, Paul says to the church of Ephesus in chapter 5, verse 15 and 16, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. And wow, there's, this is a time when men need to act and live and lead with godly wisdom. And so we have brought to the table today, and we're recording live in the studio, I'm pretty excited about that. We brought a wise man, Randy Rocamp, who is a statewide director, I think, for Crown Financial Ministries. Is that right, Randy? That's right, Mike, and uh, thank you. I'm happy to be here today with you, and I just want to uh, reiterate that I'm just really happy with what you guys at Noble Warriors do to help men, to help churches, and help the kingdom of God. Well, I'm glad you're here. Thanks for that. This is just a blast. And so uh, I don't think I was talking with some guys yesterday. I don't think we're going to run out of work to do when it comes to helping point men to Jesus in our culture and time. So job yeah. security. Yeah. And uh, we feel the same way in Crown. You yep. know, the people are always dealing with finances, personal finances. And so we like to help them with biblical finances and principles because we know that people make financial mistakes sometimes because they make decisions without using biblical principles. So we are really happy to help them. Well, and you know what? Our culture just keeps pushing us in that direction. We're constantly bombarded with marketing and advertising, and we don't even realize that we needed a shiny new X fill in the blank until we see that advertisement on television, and then we've got to run out and get one, regardless of whether it makes any sense or not sometimes. Yeah, and marketing is really an interesting thing because uh, they don't really focus a whole lot on function. They right. focus a lot on image and other things, and that's a dangerous thing that our society is so materialistic, and um, we just feel like we need to help, uh, help people with their uh, biblical values because what we've learned is people's beliefs drive their behaviors, no matter what the subject. So we want to help people transform their beliefs about money, to do money God's way. Yeah. So their behaviors then follow that, and they will lead a much better life. They'll be more peaceful. They'll be more content. Uh, they'll be more generous. So that's one of our big things is, is, is the Bible and helping people understand those biblical principles. There you go. It's a, it's, a, it's a heart issue. All of these are heart issues. And if we can get to the heart, then that changes the behavior. That's right. Because in the Bible, there's about 2,350 verses yeah. about money and possessions. And the interesting thing I always do, I, I, I use the 80-20 principle when I think about certain things or just anything sometimes. And what what I've learned is about 80% of those 2,300 verses in the Bible deal with heart issues. And hmm. so what is, what is a heart issue? Okay, a heart issue could be pride, could be greed, could be covetousness. Um, there are things that are bad fruit in right. our lives. And so, um, you know, the heart is always what God is looking at. And again, that's why we work on beliefs, because the only thing that's going to change a person's heart is God and his word. So it's very, very important. There you go. Well, let's let's back up a little bit because you and I, I didn't realize this, have been kind of walking in lockstep since the very first Iron Sharpens Iron Conference that Noble Warriors hosted, and that was in 2007. So looking back almost 14 years, well, it would be 14 years now. And so how did you end up participating in that conference? This is a fun story that he told me the other day. I didn't even realize. <laughs> yeah, well, it is pretty funny. I'll never forget it. I yeah. mean, I, I can remember exactly where I was when this That's happened. Funny. So, So I'm on my way home from work, and I'm listening to Christian radio like I always do. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're talking about the Iron Sharpens Iron Conference coming up. And my, my ears went up and... Next thing I know, someone's, I don't remember if it was you or the person on the radio, you know, the radio station person right. made the comment that, hey, you can win, I think it was four tickets to the conference if you know where iron sharpens iron is referenced in the Bible. Well, I happen to know that. So yeah. 
I'm driving. I get on my cell phone. Shame on me. But <laughs> don't I do di- that today. Yeah, don't do that today. <laughs> so I'm driving along and I'm figuring I'm going to get a busy signal. You know how that goes. Busy yeah. signal, you know, somebody answered. I was like, wow. And next thing I know, they, they asked me my name and that stuff. And I gave them my name and they said, well, do you know the answer? I said, yeah, it's in the book of Proverbs. And they said, okay, just hang on. And I'm sitting there going, wow, this has never happened. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, came on. We talked uh, about that. Got my four tickets. Invited three other guys from church. And we came to the conference. And so we've been together for a long time. That is awesome. I yeah. love that story. I didn't even realize that that's how we had connected. So, well, listen, you said at that time, so that was 2007, you were driving home from work. Now, you are retired at this point. I, a lot of guys don't like that term, retired. And so I've I've taken to using retooling, that God retools us. He, he fits us for something different. And so you kind of got retooled. For Crown. So tell us about how you ended up with Crown and maybe even a little bit of background on your family. Okay. Yeah, well, that's uh, an interesting uh, story, too. So in I retired in 2007, so it was in May of okay. 2007. But starting in 2005, I started having a conversation with my wife about, gee, I wonder what I ought to do when I retire. And oh, by the way, my pastor calls it refired. Refired. Okay. There's another R (laughs) word that we can use. There you go. Yeah. So uh, we talked and and it occurred to us that God had been so faithful to us. Um, We have five children. We've been married this year. We'll be married 50 years. Congratulations. Um, And so we we had some challenges uh, along the way. Sure. But God continued to be faithful. We continued to do our part and be faithful and tithing and, and trying to do the right thing and learn what we needed to learn. And so we said, you know, maybe we can help other people in that same area. And we said, hey, we got some pretty good experience. I said, yeah, but we don't have any training. We don't have any materials. I don't, I don't know, let's, but let's keep praying about it. So again, in the car, on the radio, <laughs> see the Holy Spirit can work anywhere. Um, I'm listening and I hear Crown's going to have a class in Richmond. And we didn't really know anything about Crown. At the really? Time. Yeah. We didn't, we had heard of Larry Burkett, but sure. we didn't know anything about Crown. So I called the number they told me to call, found out there was a class. Yeah, come. And it turned out it was about budget coaching. Yeah. And it was a direct answer to prayer. That's exactly wow. what we wanted was how can we help individuals? We didn't, you know, so anyway, we learned that. The person um, who was leading the area at the time uh, just kept asking me, would you like to get involved would you, and more? Would you like to, you know, start Crown in your church, et cetera? So it became a journey starting in January of 2006. So that by the time May 2007 came, that's, I knew that's what I wanted to do. I felt God was calling me that way. So in August of 2007, uh, Crown uh, let me become an area representative for them. And so that's what I've been doing for 14 years. Wow. All right. Now I have to hit pause here and interject something that, that wasn't in my line of thinking or questions here. So I might throw you a little bit, but I I'm going to actually reference an article this week in my email to pastors about the fact that baby boomers are retiring in the United States at the rate of 10,000 per day for the next, I think, 20 years. And so uh, it just strikes me as a wonderful demonstration of what it means to keep taking the land, to be a Caleb-type believer who is not going to spend all of his time at the golf course or in a bass boat or anything like that, but you are free to invest your time and your resources and your wisdom in the kingdom of God because you're able to just pour yourself into this. You're, you're retired, but you are not, uh, or refired, we'll go back to that, <laughs> but, but you're not resting here. You're, you're probably as busy as you've ever been with opportunities to help the kingdom. Yeah, that's right. And, and one thing I want to bring up to start that conversation is, um, I think we may talk about a little bit later, is the Crown Money Map. Sure. And in the Money Map, there are seven destinations, and we call it the seven destinations to financial freedom. Right. So we're not talking about becoming Warren Buffett. 
right. or anything like that. We're talking about reaching a point in your life, regardless of age, where you're free to go ahead and do what God is calling you to do. Right. So um, in my case, that's what happened. God had provided. Uh, God has made it so that I didn't have to earn an income. And this is pure ministry work for me. And, and that's what we want for everybody. Yeah. We want them to get where they're financially free. And they can choose what they'd like to do. Obviously, we think working in the kingdom is a good thing. But then again, if they love doing what they're doing, they could say, hey, I'm going to keep the 10% and give God the 90. Right. You know, that's great. The yeah. kingdom needs to be funded. Right. My pastor says the gospel's free, but the pipeline costs money. You right. Know? So the kingdom needs money. And so whatever people want to do, but that's what we're trying to help them do is, is to become financially free because so many people are in captivity. To have the margin to be able to respond to the call of God on their lives. That's right. And yeah. in this particular case, you do this with Sarah. So you and your wife of 50 years get to work and serve and do ministry together. So that's got to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it is a lot of fun, uh, especially we do things together when we're helping people one-on-one. -on -one. Right. Uh, and one of the things I would say to pastors um, is that that is my sweet spot now mm -hmm. for helping uh, with budget coaching. Sure. Um we get requests from other people, um, and, and we in my church I get requests through my pastor. But um, sometimes I, because of what's going on, I'll say no. But um, I really feel God wants us to help pastors. So when we get help, we get asked from pastors, we try to work that in. Sure. So I'm saying that. Yeah. You know, I don't. You know, I could all of a sudden get a deluge of phone calls, yeah. but uh, we'll have to see what what God does. Yeah. Uh, well, so I, that passage that I read at the beginning here, making the best use of time because the days are evil, we, um, we're we dealing with a lot of upheaval in our culture with the pandemic and economic stuff, political transition, disruptions in various ways and places, and financial management has been a challenge for a lot of folks in the midst of all of this swirling in our culture. So what, what are some ways that Crown is speaking into um, those challenges that families are facing? How, how are you serving families in the midst of COVID and associated challenges? Okay. So when this all started a little over a year ago, um, Crown got very focused on it. There were lots of resources put out on the website. Mm -hmm. There was actually a crown.org slash coronavirus uh, has resources on it about how to deal with this pandemic uh, in your personal finances. It had information about um, finding another job. It had, you know, lots of different resources in it. Um, so, and we're, we're focused on any challenge. So whether it be COVID or right. you could have a family situation um, that causes a lot of havoc in your finances, uh, so we want to be there regardless. But in this case, there certainly were extenuating circumstances for Crown to um, come up with other resources. You know, and even so when you're in a situation like that and you find your finances being stressed even more than they had been stressed. Sure. You know, some of the things we were teaching is, you know, getting control of your spending, mm -hmm. you know, really tightening your belt. Uh, and what we were talking about in, in, in budgeting, you have fixed um, in categories in your budget and you have variable. So like fixed would be housing, transportation, sure. food. That's about 60% of the normal person's budget. And some of that can be squeezed a little bit. Um, but the place where you can make adjustments is in the variable. So clothing, transportation, eating out, um, gift giving, things like that are places where people could um, make some adjustments to start saving money. And the reason they needed to start or would need to start saving money is because you don't know what's going to happen in the future. Right. So you want to have as much margin, you want to have as much savings as you can. So that was a big emphasis. There were, there were actually, uh, there was a uh, ebook on the Crown website, uh, Seven Steps to Deal with the, with the COVID um, during this time. So um, that's a that's a very helpful resource also. And that's still available on the website, so we could link folks to to that uh, ebook. You think? Yeah, yeah. And I could get that. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll include that in the show notes. So, so let's look, um, you know, when you think about this specific things that are going on. So folks have gotten stimulus checks. Um, right now the home market in our area is just insane. Folks are paying 20, 30, $40,000, sometimes even more over asking price. That doesn't seem to be terribly wise to me. Um, folks have, many folks are working from home as opposed to work going into the office. So that creates some adjustments. Um, the stock market is soaring and, then you've got other people who have lost jobs. Some people are making more money than they ever have, and some people are in worse shape than they've ever been. So how do you make sense of all of that and help people walk through these times? Yeah, it, it's it's a big, um, big topic, and mm-hmm. it's sometimes hard for people to get their mind around all that. So what we try to do is break things down. Sure. And um, again, you know, I, I have some ideas that I'll, I'll share here um, about those topics you mentioned. Uh, but really, it's a time to pray. Hmm. It's a time to reach out to other people to help pray with you. Um, it's a time to keep your eye on your own finances. But it's also a time to be generous, hmm. you know, because... Uh, Again, God's looking at the heart, and there are other people out there that are struggling also. So you can help the kingdom, you can help other people. But as far as these topics you brought up, in terms of the stimulus money, yes, yeah. you know the third one came recently yeah. or is coming. Um, what I, what I'd say is, if you received a stimulus check, you know, and you haven't used it yet, consider starting or adding to your emergency savings fund. Mm. So the, the money map's weaving its way through here sure. a little bit. So we recommend that you have $1,000 in emergency savings because that will generally cover 80, like here's my 80-20 rule again, yeah. 80% go. of the emergencies. Okay, and, and replacing the four tires on your car when you got it inspected is not an emergency. It may be now, but we would like to help you so that that's something you've planned for and it's not an emergency. But right. anyway, you know, you can add that or create your savings, uh, emergency savings fund. Um, you can reduce credit card debt or mm-hmm. other debts that you might have. And remember to tithe on it, mm. you know, so that yeah. is additional income. So remember to tithe on it. As far as a home purchase goes. Well, Wait a minute. Let's, let's, okay. let's stop at this tithe thing. So oh, yeah. what, what's the whole purpose in that? And, and just, I mean, and a lot of our listeners are familiar with this, but maybe someone's not. So what's the purpose in tithing? Why, where does that come from? Just spend a little bit of time yeah. on that. I know it's a bigger, it's a bigger yeah. issue, but spend a little time on that. Why would I tithe on something that I was not expecting to get anyway? Yeah. Okay. That's a good question. Um, well, the tithe originated <clears throat> with Abraham and Melchizedek, mm-hmm. if you recall. And uh, so that's where it originated, that 10% that Abraham gave to Melchizedek. And so in the Old Testament, tithing was kind of a law, okay? Jesus came to fulfill the law. And in the New Testament, there isn't really specific references to the tithe or re-emphasis of it, but there is emphasis on giving to God, especially sacrificial giving. Right. You know, so the tithe is, again, one of those things that reflects our heart issue. And in the Bible, it says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, well, if we're giving treasure to God's kingdom and other people, what that means is our heart is getting closer and closer to Jesus. So again, it's a heart issue. Uh, and the other thing that I think about with tithing is when people don't tithe, that they're missing out mm. on blessings. You know, Malachi, many people yeah. know the Malachi. You know, God says, test me in this. So, That's right. So when you're not giving the tithe, you're actually missing blessings, and blessings doesn't don't always come back in terms of money, but they can be favor, they can be health for you and your family, they can be um, just all kind of blessings that can come on you for tithing, and that that again I mentioned that before. That's what happened with my wife and I. That's how that really helped us get through the situation. So, so tithing is and uh, what in the Old Testament was intended for the Levites. So when the 12 tribes of Israel came into the land of Canaan, all the tribes except the Levites tribe got land. 
and they were the priests. And that right. was God's design. And so the tithe coming from the 11 tribes was given to the Levites. So they had income to live on. And that's transferred into the New Testament church. So our pastors and people on staff and different ministries and the giving the church does, that's all coming out of that tithe. It's mm-hmm. all very biblical. Right. Um, but it's, it's tithing is, is very, very important. Yeah. And, you know, it, so you weren't expecting to get this stimulus check. Um, and so what a cool way to honor God by giving from that, the unexpected gift. Because I know a lot of times there are folks who say, well, I tithe on my income, but stuff that comes in on the side, if I sell something on eBay <laughs> or on Facebook Marketplace, I don't have to tithe on that income. But but man, if we can develop the discipline to remember God and give to God first, then he honors that in some unimaginable way. Sometimes we don't understand exactly what he's doing but back to the heart issue, it shows us, it allows us to discipline our hearts. And so I just, I just appreciate you keep pushing us back to the heart issue with all of this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about next thing, the house thing. What, is it wise to buy a house right now? I've got to go buy a, a new house or <laughs> what do you well, think about that? Okay. Well, I have some general guidance. Okay. Okay. Um, and I'm going to talk about first home buyers. Yeah. And if you're owning a home now and you want to sell it and re, you know buy another one, okay. So if, if you're a first time home buyer, I would say be cautious. Yeah. Um, what you want to do is buy an affordable home. Mm. Okay. And remember, I said the three big areas in your budget is how, one of them is housing. It's huge, um, and transportation and food. So you want to buy an affordable house, okay? So that's something you need to look into. And be aware of all the costs that come with home ownership. So it isn't like renting and somebody else, the landlord is taking care of that. Now you're paying for it in your rent, but they're taking care of it. But you don't necessarily have to buy a lawnmower. You don't have to do a lot of things, um, you know, but you will if when you buy a house. Sure. Um, if you're a person that owns a home, you're selling it and you're going to be re rebuying another home what i'd say there is make sure you take the proceeds from that home you just sold and minimally pay the 20 percent down Mm -hmm. so you don't pay the pmi which is an interest that you pay and you will pay on that and it's not cheap so make sure you avoid that um, the pmi and um, so in terms of whether we're in a, another housing bubble like we were in 2007-8, I don't know. Sure. Um, you know, but I think because it is a major expense, the people need to be really realistic um, about how they approach that. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching folks that are paying over asking price for housing, and often they're doing that. They've got to bring cash to the table, so they're cashing out retirement funds and savings and, and really putting themselves, I think, in long-term jeopardy to be able to make that move to purchase a house right now. And um, I, this is a place where we need to be wise. Right. You know, is, is this market going to settle down? Or are we going to see things level out at some point? Um, because this is, this is a tough time, potentially. Right. And that goes back to what we were talking about before, about uh, being financially free. Yeah. So if a person takes money out of their 401k, you know, or takes money out of savings that wasn't put in savings with a goal of buying another house. If you've had a goal and you've saved and you've funded the goal that you set, that's fine. That's what we teach. You know, you set goals. That's how you save money. Um, But in terms of becoming financially free, if you start to get into those retirement funds, then at the other end, it's going to be you know, you may not have enough, number one. And number two, only living in a house that's paid for is wonderful, but it's not generating income. Right. So you still need to generate income somehow. So, yeah, you have to be really careful about those retirement funds because I have heard actually when my wife and I coach people, that question comes up not every time, but it comes yeah. up, you know, well, what about, you know, taking that money out of there? So we have to have that conversation. Yeah. Well, you know, and, I, and I'll flash back just a little bit to the affordable house thing. I know when Stacy and I first got married, 
we went and sat and talked with a realtor um, and a financial person, <clears throat> excuse me, a mortgage person about, you know, what we could qualify for. And they said, you qualify here at, at a certain level. And we said, no, we're going to top out here. And boy, those realtors, their commission is based on the higher sales price. So they were they were anxious for us to go to the limits of our qualification. But I am thankful, by God's grace, we, we stayed below that limit. And what that did was set us up, even as young people, for freedom for my wife to stay home with our kids because mm -hmm. we weren't so strapped with a house payment that was all-consuming. And so... You know, the financial freedom piece, we think about it for later in life, but there are also decisions that we make um, that have impact immediately right. in, in terms of our freedom to make certain choices and do certain things. Right. So every penny we spend now is a penny we don't have later. Yeah. Right. So it's always a lot of little decisions that we make along the way, um, just like for many things, that's true. Yeah. Um, so... We have to develop what I call a financial lifestyle. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, first of all, it means being content with what God's given you. Okay, so there are people that on this uh, listening that make a lot of money. There are some people on this call don't make that much money. You know, everybody in between. Okay, but all of us need to be content with where we're at. Now, I differentiate contentment from complacency, so we don't become complacent and sit back and wait for God to show up, you know, with, with this genie in the bottle kind of thing. <clears throat> but we become content, and we start to live a lifestyle that matches our situation, our income, our expenses, you know, and that's where budget helps, again, uh, to figure out what that is. And so when we become content, <clears throat> then it, it helps us in the long run. And when we were talking about affordable, okay, in the um, process of budgeting, and you'll, Crown does this, a lot of other places do this, you will find spending guidelines mm -hmm. for every category in your budget. So when a salesperson tells you what's affordable, that's one thing, okay? What God says is something else, potentially. So we recommend people, and this is available on the Crown website, these uh, budget guidelines, <clears throat> that you look at what is the range of your net spendable income that you can spend on a home. That is what you spend. Because otherwise, you will end up getting talked into something that's above that. Uh, other salespeople do the same thing, and if they're salespeople listening, I'm not you know, trying to uh, say anything uh, ill about you, sure. but, but it happens. And so, um, so they always want us to spend more, and so um, we just have to be cautious of that and use wise financial principles in every decision that we make. Now, there are folks listening to this who say, well, my goodness, I hear this. I'm not sure how to do it. And I, I, he's talking about these ranges and percentages and all of this stuff. How? How could someone get access to that and maybe get some training, some help on figuring all this out? Because this is a lot to to kind of digest just from without any support. So what, yeah. what does it look like for someone to say, hey, I, I would like to have someone walk me through this? What does that look like? Yeah, well, there's several ways. Okay. Okay. Um, a quick and easy one on the Crown website, and I, I can make this link available too, is uh, uh, a an easy guide to a budget that you'll love, okay? It's very understandable. It's very brief, and it will give you the highlights of what a bud, how you create a budget, Sure. you know? Um, beyond that, Crown offers classes um, that will help you to develop a budget. Um, there are um, other resources that Crown has that help people who might like to budget but let's say they're married and their relationship is one where money is kind of a taboo to talk about because it never ends good uh, or rarely ends good so we have we have um, resources that can help people with their marriage to overcome those kind of issues um, because that that does get in the way with quite a few people so there, there are tons of resources. Uh, my role with Crown is uh, with a church, 
is I can come alongside the church, uh, review what their needs are, what they're trying to accomplish, and then design a plan with them. Uh, usually I'll only recommend one or two things to begin with because Crown has too many things and sure. it could get very confusing. <clears throat> so yeah, so my, that's my role uh, is to help people and churches to uh, get the resources that they need. Now, let me go back to the marriage thing, because I'm going to offer a confession to you here and uh, and bear my soul and and share a little bit of hypocrisy, probably, for me talking to you about budgeting and, and, and financial stewardship. Uh, this is an area of struggle for Stacy and myself, because she is very financially minded, and uh, she's an accountant by training. I mean, that's what she was doing before she stayed home with our with our kids. And so her world likes to be in an Excel spreadsheet. And um, I, you came in and had the answers to the questions and thought we were going <laughs> to just go lockstep through the questions here. And I said, oh, no, we're going to wander all over the place. And so that's my mentality. And so I am kind of all over the place. Now, I will say that what makes life work for us is the whole contentment thing. I mean, we get frustrated sometimes, but we also both want to honor the Lord and we are, we're not running out buying stuff all the time. So we have some basic core common beliefs. I just struggle with the fenced in feel that a budget creates. <laughs> and so that becomes an area of tension for us. We struggle to have conversations about dollars. Now, we're not way out in left field on this. We've been through Crown Multiple, memorized the verses. We've done all this stuff. But it it continues to be an area that is not the easiest place for us to find common ground. So yeah. a little counseling session maybe. Or what what, no. what do you do with well, that? First of all, you're not alone. Oh, okay? good. There are a lot of people <laughs> I'm not like the only that. one like you're that. You're not the only one like that. And what I would say, the most important thing I heard you say just now was that you both are in agreement that it's very important, that it should be done, and it, it is a priority. Okay, so what, what, what I recommend to people, um, married people, is that, and say the wife is like your wife, Stacy, that the men stay in communication with their wife. Let their wife do their thing. And as a matter of fact, that's the way my marriage is. Um, so, but what we so I'll just tell you what we do. So, we talk about uh, the finances, what's going on. Uh, not we don't schedule a meeting or anything right. like that. You know, it could be over dinner or lunch, driving in the car, whatever. And my wife will tell me what's going on. You know, like we're, we've spent more money than than we planned this month, for example. <clears throat> so then we'll talk about that. You know, and that's what we encourage couples to do. So we always encourage, and, and this, this works with everything, really, is like whoever's the strongest at something should do it. Yeah. And then keep the other person informed. So that's what we do. So she keeps me informed. Then we talk about it. And if necessary, we will change our goals. So see, this, this is where, and, and the other thing I want to point out, a budget is not supposed to be a straitjacket. Okay, if you don't like the word budget, I've heard that before. <laughs> if you don't like budget, try a spending plan. Sure, because then it's a plan, and so and it's and it involves spending, sp right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so you got to get on the same page, yeah. and so uh, that is the most important thing. Talk through things, and and to that point is uh, things that are important in a marriage that I was mentioning before that get in the way sometimes. And it seems like you've developed a way to not make it get in the way, yeah. um, even though it wants to raise its ugly head every now and then. Sure. Um, but people need to start talking about uh, a purpose for mm -hmm. their marriage. As Christians, we believe that each one of us has a plan and a purpose from God. And so as a couple, we have a purpose. You know, it could be children. It could be a business. It, it could be anything, whatever, yeah. you know, ministry, whatever it is. So we need to talk about what is our purpose, and that'll help get you on the same page. And actually, one time we were budget coaching a couple, and we told them to do that. That was part of their assignment for the next time we met. We came back the next time, 
sat down with him and said, hey, how'd that go? What'd you guys come up with? And the husband looked at me and he said, well, we couldn't, we didn't finish that yet. And I said, yeah, well, what, what happened? And he said, well, we sat down on the couch, we looked at each other and we said, we don't know how to have this conversation. Mm. That, and I think a lot of people just raw honesty right there in that moment. And that's right. Yeah. Real honesty. So they went away and he said, we decided we'll go away. We'll come back and then we'll have to finish the conversation. So I said, yay, that's great. So, so yeah. So having the purpose, uh, people come into a marriage with different philosophies about right. money. Some people are savers. Some people are spenders. Some people are hoarders. You know, there's all kinds of things. And so it's important they have a discussion about that. And a lot of people may sense that about each other, but they don't have that honest conversation to talk through it. The other big thing is personality. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, God, we kid about it and say, well, God puts opposites together. (laughs) Well, he does. And a lot of that is personality. And I, I happen to believe that we can only tweak our personality very, very small amount in our life. But what do we do about that? Well, we develop character. So we develop character so we can deal with other people and keep our personality in check. You know, Paul talked about that. Mm-hmm. He says, I've learned, he, he's, he said, I became all things to all men. Okay, that doesn't mm-hmm. mean he did everything they, they do that were sinners, but he understood them. Right. And he could communicate with them. So, so we got to get, and, and, and the illustration I use for how to make sure you make your personalities a positive in your relationship as I think about if Sarah and I, my wife, were here and we were, she, we were back to back, put our, locked our arms together, and they said, now we're thinking about this financial decision. So let's get some information. So as we're talk, as I would be talking, we would be turning in a circle, a 360 degree circle. And so what, what, what what's up with that? Well, that means as we're looking at this decision. She's going to see different things sure. than I am about what are the factors to make this decision. And so once we've both taken our take on this decision, then we can come together and talk about it. So there, there's things like that that can really help. They're, they're not hard, but sometimes there's hard issues sure. in the way. So you need to think about those and work through those too, but... Um, yeah, and another resource Crown has is called Money Dates, mm. and that is available on the Crown website. There's 10 of them. Uh, they're set up for couples to have dates about different different parts of their finances. Wow. So it's, it's really cool, um, and, it's, and it's set up where there's a little bit of pre-work. Then you go on a date. Okay, that doesn't necessarily mean you go to Roots Chris to yeah. have this conversation, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. could be in your own living room or your own your, I'm sorry, your own kitchen or dining sure. room. But it has topics you talk about when you're together because you've read them to, beforehand. And then afterwards, there's things to think about doing after that conversation. So they're they're very powerful. That's a pretty cool resource, yeah. Crown Money Dates. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll put a link to that as well. You know, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the name Ed Cole. Uh, yes. mm-hmm. Big men's ministry guru, kind of the grandfather of, of men's ministry, he wrote the book Maximize Manhood. He, um, he also wrote a book called Communication, Sex, and Money. And those are the three things that are likely to de- derail a marriage. And um, so I appreciate you said that you're not alone in... Uh, in the struggle that we have talking about this, because it is a challenge. and But, you know, I'll go back to the issue of shared purpose. And if Stacy were sitting here at the, at the, the other side of this table, um, her affirmation of our calling as a family to noble warriors is rock solid. And, and so sometimes we have to come to a position in a conversation where we just say, hey, we have invested much of our time energy, resources, finances in the lives of men across the state. And so that has been our purpose. And so we've we've missed out on some other things, perhaps financially, because of this purpose that God gave us 16 years ago. And um, so it's fascinating. Everybody's got a different story about that, but I love the common purpose. And I think the other thing that we share is 
understanding the Lordship of Christ and recognizing that he does own all of this. And so we do have to steward it in a way that honors him um, and seek to be generous. All of those things that Crown teaches, but but to weave all of that together in the context of a marriage as you're teaching kids, <laughs> it becomes rather complex. Yeah, it can be. Okay. And yeah. again, I go, I think it's more complex if you don't get some education yeah. on it, you don't learn about it. And so I would encourage everyone listening that they, you know, go find some place where they can take courses to help sure. them do this. Because I will say it is not rocket science. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty basic, but it's very powerful. And the in the, in the money map again, the very first thing on the money map is get a budget and get that thousand dollars emergency right. savings. So all the other six destinations in the money map rest on a budget. If you don't have that budget, things will get complex. They'll get out of control. You won't know the forest from the trees. You won't know where to start. And a lot of times that happens to people and then they give up. Yeah. Or they try something, but they don't stick at it. And then they give up and they don't want to start again. So I understand that, but there is help. Sure. And we offer hope, you know. So how could, um, you say you're a, a budget coach, how could a, a couple get connected with you for budget coaching or someone else for Crown? Yeah. So the bu- the Crown Budget Coaching uh, program right now is set up for that so that anyone who wants a coach can go to the Crown website and you can say you want a coach. There's a $40 charge for mm-hmm. that. You will get... Uh, six sessions. Uh, you'll it's it's on it's a it'll be with a person, but the material is online. Sure. So you'll be online in an education system. Uh, that coach is going to take you step by step by step through uh, biblical principles as well as practical applications. And so that so you can go to the Crown website and do that. We've we've uh, kind of rejuvenated the program mm-hmm. starting last year so we're adding more trainers uh, more coaches let's put it that way so i'm doing training of coaches right and then so we're adding and there's other people at crown doing the same thing so we're adding more coaches so that makes room for crown to be able to serve more what we call clients right so that's that's the way that program would work now is this done in person or uh virtually in our current context yeah, in our pretty much everybody's using zoom yeah <clears throat> right now and actually that's a it's a good thing and yes if somebody was Say you, for instance, wanted help. You right. Know, we're we're ten minutes apart. Right. Right. So I'd come here. Yeah. Or we. Yeah. But you know, I could meet I'd, at Ruth's Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While they're closed. <laughs> um, but for other, you know, I'm coaching someone in New York. I'm coaching someone in wow. Atlanta. Um, I've got people all around the country. I'm training coaches in Montana and Indiana and Illinois and New York and you know. Texas. So yeah, so actually that online aspect of it is is letting us let the ministry get greater reach. Sure. Because before we'd get requests for help, but we didn't have anybody close. Right. So now that's a problem. Yeah. So so th- but again, it, it's it's really up to the coach and the client to whether they're going to meet together or just use Zoom. Yeah. Now, you mentioned that you're coaching or training coaches. So if someone's listening to this and they think, my goodness, I love Randy and Sarah's story, and I would love to be part of coaching some other folks toward financial freedom, how could they connect with you over that? Is there a different place on the website that they would go to sign up to be um, trained to coach others? No, you go to the same place, and it will ask you, are you looking for a coach or do you want to become a coach? Okay. So they can go there. Um, and then proceed with that process. And if, if they want me to do the training, they can specify that so that I get assigned yeah. to that person. So Okay. Now, I'm going to ask you a question I didn't, I didn't put up there before, which I've already done a bunch of. Um, a lot of folks are keyed in on Dave Ramsey. And so tell me about how is Crown differentiated from Dave Ramsey and I have an answer for this that that I can give as well so but what what are your how do you respond to that because yeah it's it's a question that folks are going to ask yeah that's a good question yeah um and I do get asked that um 
and Dave Ramsey has, um, as most people know, has kind of taken over the church market. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, it's hard to find a church that doesn't know about Dave Ramsey or hasn't done it. So uh, he's doing a good job. He was disciplined or discipled, not disciplined, discipled by Larry Burkett, mm-hmm. our founder. So he, he gets the principles. Um, he is uh, biblical, mm-hmm. but not as biblical. Mm-hmm. And so we're like right out front biblical Great. principles. And what does that mean? Okay, so it goes back to what I said before about beliefs and behaviors. We at Crown are not into behavior modification. You know, Chuck Bentley, our CEO, says, if we teach everybody how to get out of debt, how to increase their savings, how, you know, do all these financial things, we failed if that's the only thing we did. Right. What we're interested is in transformation of the heart. And so we, in Crown studies, most Crown studies, the gospel will be presented to the person. Um, I personally, in my own church, have seen a, I was leading the class and the person got saved. Yeah. And I hear that story other places. I have seen people change their hearts about how they handle money and the way they spend money. And um, I think that's that's about the, the biggest difference, is, yeah. is more emphasis on beliefs. Um, and I know, oh, by the way, we get about the same kind of results he does yeah. in terms of, terms of debt reduction, increasing savings. We actually go beyond that in terms of generosity sure. and giving. So uh, we're very similar in terms of results financially, but we're we're somewhat different in yeah. how we get there. And I agree with all of that. And it, it so if I had been hit with that question, I would say that Dave Ramsey, you get the principles, but you don't get exposed as early and as clearly to the source of those principles. And you know, so the scripture memory that takes place in Crown is incredibly valuable. And each of the principles in Crown, the money map, all of those things is based on biblical principles, and they take you to chapter and verse. Mm-hmm. And and so I just find that um, for me and for what I like to see with, with folks that we're working with, that l- let's understand and be able to find in the Bible again what is the source of this truth so that we can claim the truth and know the the truth giver yes. um, in the in the midst of this. And so that's why I'm a I'm a huge fan of of Crown and the the money life. I think that's the personal financial study is the money life study right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've talked about the money map. Uh, you guys can't see this, but I am unfolding actually a physical money map right now in front of me. Um, and, and what we're going to do, Randy's brought in some of these. And so uh, for the first ever, how many have we've got of those eight or so folks? We got 10. So the first 10 folks that post a comment about this podcast and um, identify themselves, we'll send you a copy of this money map. But what it does, it, it starts you off seven different stations to gain financial freedom and to honor the Lord at each of these steps with your financial health. So speak yeah. to this money map. Okay. So there are seven. Uh, what I, the way I kind of high level this is yes. the first three, if, when you follow the first three, you will get to a point that you will be completely out of debt and you should be able to stay out of debt, excluding your mortgage. Right. Okay. So that's the getting out of debt. That's what, what Crown calls that is the do as the get well. Mm-hmm. Okay. The next three are what we call the do well. And I call them the save like crazy steps <laughs> because that's where we start funding our retirement. We yeah. fund goals. We pay off the house. We fund our children's education. You know, we prepare for what we feel like God wants us to do when we reach step seven. Right. So, and then step seven is the financial freedom. So that's the easy way to look at it. There, it's a very simple thing. There's very few um, points in each destination, but there, it, 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 again, it goes back to that. How do I get out of the forest? Yeah. You know, how, where, where do I start? You know, which way is North that, you know, this money map helps you do that. Yeah, it, it, it gives you some purpose in your financial planning. And um, 
So, yeah, if, if you guys will comment on this, identify yourselves in the comments, uh, comment on the podcast, then we'll send you a copy of this money map. And um, so I'm going to I'm going to bring us to a close. I'm kind of watching the time here. There's so much more that we can cover. But um, again, we'll put links to all of these items in the show notes so that you can go directly there. You can get um, those seven steps to be prepared for uh, crisis, that ebook. Um, connect to the marriage dates, um, connect to the informational crown about how to either get counseling or become a counselor. So um, there's some cool stuff here. Any final thoughts or yeah. recommendations? Well, no, not in terms of recommendations, but in terms of thoughts. Uh, the one thought that I have, and I, I, I want to say this to the people listening because yeah. they're familiar with Noble Warriors and yeah. your ministry, what I want to point out is the uh, similarity mm-hmm. of Crown and Noble Warriors. Mm-hmm. So we're both here to serve the church, That's right. to serve people in the church, uh, and <clears throat> so we share that in common. So we do that with biblical stewardship. Mike does it with biblical manhood. That's right. So the we're so if you're thinking about well, Crown and what is that? What does that really look like? I use that as an easy way for yeah. you, for you, all you who know what about Noble Warriors. That's that's the easy way to think about it. Absolutely. That's what, that's what will happen if you reach out to Crown. Absolutely. And pastors, listen, it, it, if you... First of all, Randy said early on that part of his heart is to walk with pastors specifically who want help with personal finances because... That road is not easy for pastors to walk on. And there are lots of guys who are in tough spots and don't feel comfortable. I know this. I talk to enough pastors who are in tough spots financially and don't know that they can go to their church, don't know how to deal with some of this. And so Randy loves to, he's just got a heart to serve pastors. So I would encourage you to reach out to him. But then I would also say, when you think about the impact of one individual who's brought his financial health under the Lordship of Christ, that's a big deal. But then when you see a family do that, that's an even bigger deal. But imagine your whole congregation filled with folks who prioritize kingdom initiatives, kingdom growth, kingdom advancement, and they have the financial margin to help fund that because they've been honoring the Lord in their stewardship already, then it just multiplies what the church can do. So if you're a pastor listening to this, then I, I would encourage you to make sure that you're doing something. And Crown is is my favorite strategy to make sure that your your folks are getting discipled in the issue of biblical stewardship. Is that fair, Randy? That's that's perfect. That's a good good way to express it. Well, good. All right. Well, we're going to close this out. So, folks, thank you for joining us for the Nobleman podcast, episode number 54. We've been talking about April Wisdom with Randy Rocamp of Crown Financial Ministries. Tune in next week for episode number 55. We're going to be with Steve Hall of Joseph's Way Ministry. Going to hear about how do you prepare for crisis in a broader sense beyond just finances. So uh, be looking for that. More April Wisdom coming your way next week. God bless you, men. <laughs>